Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, well, we are in the book of Proverbs as we have been over the last several weeks. And last week we didn't have church because the weather was treacherous. And the week before that we had Scott Boney. Wasn't that fun with Brother Scott? Yeah, it was good to have him back here, old old church family member. And uh, so tonight we're going to jump back into Proverbs chapter 4, and we'll be finishing this chapter tonight. Woohoo! Everybody else excited? Everybody happy? Come on, guys, let's get happy in here. I mean, you're here, you made it all the way here tonight, right? Yeah. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 4, I'm just going to go ahead and jump right into verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Now, we looked at that word attention a little before earlier. I believe it was chapter 3 maybe. And uh, that word means to pay close attention and obey, right? Like if you have, you know, all of you that have children in here, you make them look you in the eyes and really hear what you're saying, right? Pay attention to what I'm telling you. Uh, don't, make sure they're not watching the TV while you're giving them instructions, or playing with their little electronic device, or whatever, whatever is trying to distract them or keep, them, keep their attention. You make them look you in the eyes. Are you listening to me? Because you, you have the understanding, you want them to understand that when whatever they're, you're telling them, you don't want them just to hear you, but to obey, obey. right? To receive your instruction and follow it out, all right? So this is what he's telling you. See, I, and I want to encourage you, and I, I know I'm talking to people who drove in cold weather or not, but I, it, we all still need to be encouraged. When God is speaking... When God is talking to you, when, when you read his word or when you come to church, that you take that time to, I mean, think about it. You got dressed. You got the kids ready. You, you did everything you, you could do. You made the trip here. Don't let little things distract you while you're sitting in church, right? Your phone, it can wait. It can. It can wait. It's not that important, Right? So all I'm saying is don't get caught up in, in, in what other people are doing or what's going on around you. You made the trip to be here to listen, to pay attention to God's Word so that you can follow it out in your life. Good. Amen. So, and don't let your mind wander and, and all those kinds of things. I mean, this is, I mean, can you imagine if, I, if I'm up here preaching and uh, I just thought, you know what I'm going to do? Well, I can't get this out of my pocket now. Honey, I might need your graceful hands to help me here. Oh, here we go. And I just decided, yeah, I'm going to listen to music while I'm preaching. All right. This is a, you see this all the time. I'm not condemning people wearing headphones, but man, there is life going on around you. You know, just caught up in their music. I've got a song for every moment in my life. Right? This here. I mean, think about it. The Word of God's coming out. All right? Pay attention. Pay attention. I mean, it's so easy to get distracted and do this kind of stuff. Right? Hey, I'm talking to myself here. Pay attention. How many times have you seen a husband and wife out together in a restaurant and both of them are on their phone doing 
Huh? Hey, we're living life here. We live in a society of humans. Interact with humans. Right? I'm not against this stuff. I think this stuff is great. But there is a time for it and there is a time to not have it. Right? All right. Okay. Well, like I said, I know I'm preaching to the choir. You came here tonight. But this is for all your friends who get easily distracted. You bring this message to them. So, so it's important. Listen to me. You really do. In this, in, in this day and age, you really have to set your mind to focus. You really do. You have to, you have to make yourself pay attention. You have, to, you have to set your life to hear the word of God, the purpose to walk in here hungry for God, right? And nothing else is going to fill that void. Nothing else is going to take that place. And you're going to take everything he has for you. And, and it's not just about mentally agreeing with what's going on, it's walking in that obedience to that word and putting it into practice in your life. Can I get a good amen? amen. All right. Now, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. I love this word incline. I think we even talked about this. It means to stretch out. Bend your ear, as, as another phrase. Bend your ear. Jesus said, if you have, there you go, Pastor Everett. He's really living it right there. It, Jesus said, he who has ears to what? Hear. Hear. Right? Not just to hold earrings, but to hear. You, eh, praise God, you stretched to get here tonight, didn't you? Drove on the eyes and cold, stretching to hear the word of the Lord. Good for you. Because here's the thing, it's moments like these. Now, how many of you ever gone somewhere that you regretted that you went? Hmm? You wish you hadn't gone. I've done that. But you know what? As far as I can remember, a church service that I've gone to, I've never regretted going to that church service. Never. Ever. I never, I never got mad when I left. I thought, why did I even go? No, I was always like, man, I'm glad I came tonight. I almost, I mean, think about it. You had really, you might have had a thousand reasons not to come and maybe a handful to come. <laughs> right? But, but it's moments like this that there's this grace that comes into your life. I don't know about you, but I've found at services like this when it's just quiet and, you know, there's not all this excitement because there's not a huge crowd here. And, you know, you got, but God takes, you take the time to, to find him, to seek him, to stretch out to him. He'll touch you in a special way. Right? It's, a, it's, a, it's moments like this that you can hear a word that can change your life. Because the Bible says, without faith it's impossible to please him, and he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Diligent. See, you've shown diligence tonight. Diligently are stretching out to him, to seek him. I like the way the Amplified reads it. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. For whoever would come near to God must necessarily believe that God exists and that he is the rewarder of those who earnestly and diligently seek him out. Verse 21. Are you still with me? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep the word of God in front of your eyes. Think about all the things that your eyes run across during the day. Now, sometimes you're happy about the things that your eyes run across. (laughs) And sometimes you're not so happy about it. Sometimes, you know, you just be going along in Walmart and uh, getting a few things, a few groceries, and you, you know, turn the corner, and 
there in the aisle in front of you is somebody that's reaching down for the lowest thing on the shelf and nobody, they didn't obviously get the message that their pants actually didn't really fit them. And so you thought that the moon only existed in the sky. But, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, really? I mean, I was just going along my day. I just wanted to buy a few groceries. You know, your eyes just come across and you go, right? And unfortunately, it's moments like that that you remember. (laughs) It just happens. Here's Here's what it's saying. Your eyes need a regular dosage of the scriptures. You need, to, you need to not just hear, the, hear faith comes by here, you need, to, you need to hear it, but you need to see it with your eyes. Let your eyes fall on the truth. Let your eyes fall on the words of God. Hallelujah. Because let, let them see those promises. Let them see what God has said. See, we live our lives through our senses, right? It's how we're built. It's how we're designed, right? By what we taste, touch, smell, see, and hear, Right? And this, I mean, God has designed us this way. Now, we don't walk by faith that way, but we live our lives through these senses, right? This is how we, how we know if we're hurt. And, and, and it's there for our protection. Amen. Yeah. And, and to teach us and, and to help us. Uh, <clears throat> so our senses are not our enemies in, in, in the natural sense. And so the word is here for you to see The word is here for you to hear. The word is here for you to touch. The word is here for you to taste. How do you taste the word of God? You get it in your mouth. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's keep moving. We're on verse 21, right? Keep them in the midst of your heart, in the middle of your heart. What's in the middle of your heart? What's he saying keep there? The word of God, right? My words, he says. For they are, now we've seen this uh, verse a little bit earlier before in a different way, but this says, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. And uh, if you look at the Hebrew word there for health, it is the word medicine. It's medicine to your physical health. I love that. See, that teaches us, all of us here tonight, how powerful words are. Right? You can speak death and life over someone, over your own life. Why not bring medicine, right? Bring words that'll, that'll invoke health. Paul said it like this, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. What that tells us is that grace is the answer every time. For every person. I know you want to hang them over hell, but grace is the answer for every man. Amen. Amen. They're alive to those who find them, and medicine or health to all their flesh. Wow. The Word of God is medicine for everything that you face in this physical body. Every, every sickness, every form of disease, every form of pain or ailment or infirmity, whatever it is that, that uh, you have found yourself struggling with, the Word of God is the answer. All your flesh. Can I get a good amen? Amen. Now, verse 23. Keep your heart or guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues or the boundaries of life. Out of your heart, this is a really important verse of Scripture. Out of your heart, the substance of who you are, flows the boundaries of your 
life. So it really doesn't matter what your parents thought of you then. And it doesn't matter what your coworkers think of you or what your teacher thought of you. And it doesn't matter what your abusive loved one said to you or what they did to you. It doesn't matter what that bigot told you. It doesn't matter what the racist told you. It doesn't matter what your ex thinks of you or thought of you, whatever. But see, none of them can stop you from being who God wants you to be. And none of them can, can keep you from having what God wants you to have because the boundaries of your life are not in them. The boundaries of your life are in you. Out of your heart flows the boundaries of life. Put away, verse 24, put away from you a deceitful mouth and put perverse lips far from you. My goodness. I I don't believe that it's an accident or it's some coincidence that this verse follows directly after the one we just read. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it flows the issues of life or the boundaries of life. Put away from you a deceitful mouth. And put perverse lips far from you. This is how you guard your heart by what comes out of your mouth. (laughs) They really flow in a cycle because nothing will thrust you forward or fling you backwards faster than your own mouth. That tongue in your mouth is the outflow of your heart. I want you to turn over to Matthew chapter 12 for just a moment. And we're going to look at what Jesus said about this. Verse 33, Matthew 12, 33. He says, either make the tree good and its fruit good, or else make the tree bad, and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, I'm not calling you this, I'm just reading scripture here. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man, out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. See, just like you don't want your, your house broken into. Anybody desire that? We'll pray for you tonight. Nobody wants their house broken into. But just in case it did happen, you have a special place for the things that really mean something to you. Maybe a safe. Maybe a, a loose board in the floor. I don't know. I don't know where your hiding place is, and I don't really care to know it because I might come rob you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you have, a, you have a safe. You have a place where, where you might have something that you feel like is irreplaceable, like an heirloom, right? Maybe a piece of jewelry or something you got from great-grandmother and it's been passed down through the generations. Or you, you feel that it, it has too much meaning to lose, Right? This, that's that's, the, that's the, the language of this, this scripture that we looked back at, at 23. It says, guard your heart. Keep it like the treasure inside of the castle, right? The inner room, the, 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 the deepest inner room that you can. And protect it, guard it. Make it the most valuable thing. In 1991, after I graduated Christ for the Nations, I moved back in with my parents, which they were so pleased that I moved back in with them. And uh, uh, let's see, I was 19, 20, 20 years old. And um, we had church that Sunday morning. Dad was pastoring church out there. And I came by their house um, because my mother had had a garage sale the day before, Saturday or something. They had a garage sale at the house. And so I said, uh, 
you got any money I can borrow? And uh, she said, yeah, I, I do. At, my, at the house, go to the house, and on my table, on my dining room table, is a Tupperware full of uh, money from the garage sale. And I said, okay. So I was going to lunch with a friend, and so we drove over to Mom and Dad's, and uh, I walked in the front door, and there were two men in the house robbing it. And it took me a second to figure out what was going on. And I walk in, I'm going, and I hear all this rum, running around and stuff, and they're, they're back in the back, and I, I'm like, what is, what is it? You know, when you got friends that play jokes on you all the time, you know, you don't, you, you just don't know what's going on. I'm trying to figure out what's, and then I realized, wait a second, I don't recognize either one of these, these men. And so I'm like, hey, well, by the time I'm, I'm darting back there towards them, and then I'm going, what are you doing? Why are you running after these guys? There's two of them. There's one of you, you know. And so, but I hear the back door open and slam, and then they're out, and I knew where her dad's gun was. So I immediately ran and got his gun. I was thankful that they hadn't found it. And I grabbed his gun, and so I ran out the door after him. And they, out, out, their, out their back door, there was a little breezeway that, goes in, that went into the garage. So I run, and all of a sudden, I, I mean, I get into the garage, and I'm like, um, I mean, you know, I'm like Barney Fife, you know, standing there like, now listen here. You know, I, I, even with the gun in my hand, I just felt so powerless because I have no idea where these guys are. Because I think they were, y'all were storing somebody's furniture in your, in your house. As always, you always had somebody's. I got that, Heather got that anointing too, you know, mattresses, whatever. Anyway, so I'm, I'm looking around like, I'm going to kill you. You better come out. You know, I'm just <laughs> doing whatever I can to sound as tough as I, I could. And no, nothing, nobody. But what I didn't realize was that they had actually run out. The, the, the breeze we had a, a, a way out to the backyard and they'd, they'd run out. And so I'm like, my gosh. So I start looking around the house. And in the back, uh, by the back door, there was a grocery bag with their VCR in it. And there was, there was uh, uh, stuff just strewn everywhere. They, had, it, they were just trying to do a quick grab of stuff. And, and uh, so I, we, I get a hold of mom and dad. And uh, anyway, so they start going through all their stuff, trying to figure out what these people stole. And I think they had stolen some coins, is that right? And some jewelry. And, um, but one thing that they took was something that was very dear to my mother, which was your grandmother's ring, her grandmother's ring. And out of all the things that were stolen... That was the one thing that she was wishing that wasn't stolen. You know, everything else seemed, yeah, trivial and replaceable. But that thing, it was just really a tough deal. And, um, but what was extraordinary about it, my mom stood there in the living room. She commanded the devil to bring back her stuff. She said, all right, you owe me sevenfold, so go get it. And I mean, the stuff started coming in. It was the craziest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Uh, what was that lady's name? Nancy? Brought over, this, brought over this stuff, the clothes and jewelry. I mean, just, I, I was like, what is going on here? And her, she's just calling her harvest and all this stuff starts coming in. But that, that ring, the thing that really meant something to her, was still, you know? And then one day, who was out there? Jennifer walked outside, outside the house, and looks down, and lo and behold, there that ring is in, in the dirt. They dropped that ring. Can you believe that? Isn't that beautiful? So she got the ring back, and then she got sevenfold plus of the stuff that was stolen. Isn't that wonderful? I mean, God is faithful watch over his word. But what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is that you've got to keep that thing that you, the Bible says to guard your heart. Guard your heart. Keep it with all diligence because that, out of this is who you are. When, whenever you begin to speak with your mouth, that's the direction that your life is going, right? 
and, and, and whatever you're talking about, you're setting up boundaries for your life, right? And so you're, either, you're gonna go wherever you're talking about. It doesn't matter what you think or, or what you wish. What are you saying? Amen? My dad taught me many years ago with something that helped me. And he said, he told me, he said, son, see your heart like a revolving door for people that come in and out of your life. And that way you'll never, you'll never take up offense. Understand that people will come in and they'll go out, and that's life. And don't cling and wit. Cling to the things, hold on to your heart. Hold on to your heart. People are going to come in, they're going to go out. And, I, and, and I'm learning that more and more as a pastor, who I just want to, ah, stay. But, you know, that's just not going to happen. That's just not reality. People are going to come in, and they're going to go out. And that has been one of the biggest keys of wisdom that has helped me in my life. Understand? I mean, as soon as, as, soon as I get that feeling of, you know, we, you know, we've had friends leave our lives and things like that, and I always just hear it, revolving door, revolving door. Okay, all right. Keep my heart. Are you hearing me? All right. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead, and your eyelids look right before you. What is this saying? What is this saying to us today? Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. And you'll always go the right way. Keep your eyes on him. He's the focal point. He's the focal point. Anybody ever plowed a field in here before? Hmm? Yeah? Pastor John, what did you have to do? I mean, what, did, what did Grandpa tell you to do in order to, to make a straight row? Just pick a spot out down at the end and keep your eyes straight on that, right? And if your eyes strayed, if your eyes strayed, you could be thinking you're going straight, right? If you're, but if you're not looking ahead at that object, that object that is stationary, and you can be thinking, I'm, I'm doing just fine, and then look back and go, when did I make an S? How did that happen? I was going so good. No, but it's because your eyes have to be straight ahead. And when you're looking onto Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith, your, your life will go right toward him. Your life will reflect him. You'll talk like him. You'll, you'll act like him. Are you hearing me today? Hmm? Straight. Keep your eyelids straight. And that's, Paul t- that's why I, well, Paul, it might not be Paul who wrote the book of Hebrews, but uh, as Pastor John said, it doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit wrote the book of Hebrews. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Because his word is the, should, is the absolute focal point of your life. I mean, you can't physically see him, but you see him in his word. Because in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh. Verse 26, ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. Ponder the path of your feet and let all your ways be established. What this is telling you, think about where you are going. Is where you're going taking you to where you want to be? You can't afford to just walk whimsically through life. You can't just hang out with anybody. Right? Is going to this person's house taking me to where I want to be? Right? Think about where you're going. Think about what you're, what you're believing. 
That you're not just grabbing any old thing out there and saying, yeah, that sounds right. I think I'll, I'll walk with that. I, I had a, a friend years ago um, who, who pastored a church, and he, whatever newest book was out, that's what he was preaching. Whatever the newest thing was, I mean, he got a hold of that thing, and he'd fill the library full of it and tell her, you got to read this book. Man, this is the answer all. This is it. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he'd come to find out a couple months later, he'd have to go, you know, that, not everything in that book was really all that good. So, uh, all right, but this is the book. I'm like, you didn't learn the lesson the first time? You're supposed to preach the Bible, right? And so the church is going, mm, you know, like this, okay. Uh, uh. Yeah. Yeah. Ponder the path of your, think about what you're doing. Yeah. Amen. I like this. Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. That means you'll never walk in darkness when you're walking in the Word. And isn't it wonderful that that says that your Word is a lamp unto my feet and, you're, and, you're, uh, and a light unto my path. My path. My path. Say my path. Not just a path, not just the path. <laughs> your path. His Word is a lamp unto you. See, God has put a plan in your life. For your life. He's, he's made a plan for your life. He's given you a purpose. He's given you gifts. He's given you a calling. And it's your path. He wants to fulfill the desires of your heart along the way. And he'll do that through his word because his word is made up of his promises. Yes. Amen. And those promises will light your way. Glory to God. Verse 27. I'm almost done. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Remove your foot from evil. When I read that scripture, the first thing that I thought of was being at Six Flags. And I don't know if you remember riding on the old cars. And there's, there is, a, there is a, a rail that's between that car, you know. And if the car drifted over, you found out quickly how far it drifted over because it would bang up against that rail and then it would. So you try to do your best to keep the steering wheel straight and keep from banging into that rail because it jerk you all over the place, right? That car just bonk, 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 bonk. Don't turn to the right or to the left. See, once, you do, once you're in what God's called you to do, once you are believing God for a thing, whatever that thing might be, Paul said, you have, well, I said Paul again. Hebrews says, for you have need of endurance so that after you've done the will of God, you may inherit the promise. That is, you continue to stay on that right path. You don't get persuaded by those things that are going on around you when the wind is howling and the waves are waving. huh? You don't get persuaded. You don't start looking to the left or to the right, but you keep yourself. Don't allow it. Keep that rail there, huh? And nope, nope, nope. Get it back over in the right, in the right place. Don't go to the right. Don't go. Remove your foot from evil. What's evil? Evil is, is doubt. That's, that's really what that's saying. It's Deciding that you're going to go a different way all of a sudden. Looking to the right. Looking to the left. Keep your feet from evil. That's evil to do that. Keep going the right way. Keep walking by faith. Stay within the bounds of his grace. Stay within the bounds of his grace. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you're not under the law. You're under grace. Say this. Grace is my place. Faith is my pace. Grace is my place. Faith is my pace. All right. Hallelujah. Well, I hope this has helped you tonight. Let's stand Thank together. you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, 
please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.